Good morning. Morning. Oh, thanks, Eric. Welcome to the Village Church, where our mission is to know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, and to glorify Jesus. And our mission is to embrace and extend, or broken people coming together to embrace and extend Jesus' love. Uh, scanning the QR code on the front of your worship guide um, allows you to connect to all online information about our church, the giving of tithes and offerings, along with social media platforms, all in one place. Yay! Uh, guests, please click on the menu item for first-time guests, and we'd love to connect with you. We're so glad you're here this morning. Welcome. Um, at the Village Church, we believe that the giving of tithes and offerings is an act of worship. You may give to the vision and mission of the church online, using the QR code, or you may mail a check to our address, 2103 Virginia Boulevard, Huntsville, 35811. Or after the service, you may drop your offering off in the designated area in the back of the sanctuary. And now for some announcements. So today, after worship, um, at 11, there's the Enter the Village class in the Annex. Um, and at 12, there's the Goodson Village Group in the Church House. So the Annex is the building back there, and the Church House is the house right there. Um, some important dates and reminders of upcoming things. Um, so Thursday, January 26th, which is this Thursday, the Goodson Men's Group will meet in the Church House over there at 5 p.m. Uh, the TBC Women's Ministry is hosting a morning craft event on January 28th, which is this coming Saturday, from 9 to 12 at the church. There's a lovely little flyer on the back of your bulletin, so you can save that, cut it out, put it on your fridge, remember. Um, come and enjoy some breakfast, creativity, and fellowship. We'll have a craft provided. It will be um, embroidery on journals that you'll get to keep, and the youth are also welcome, so feel free to come as well. Next Sunday, January 29th, there's a congregational meeting after the worship service, so feel free to stick around for that. Um, and upcoming on February 12th is the annual Church Chili Cook-Off. Oh, yeah. So get ready. Practice your chili. And there will be a sign-up for that coming out soon. There will be limited spots for chili, so you'll have to sign up right away. Think of a name for your chili. It's cutthroat, y'all. We'll have the Golden Chili Bowl award back. So that's coming up on February 12th after the service. Um, also a reminder, we have a church lost and found. Uh, it's in the closet behind the table where the snacks always are. And it's a large gray bin that says lost and found, and it's getting kind of full. So feel free to check it out if you've lost anything, if you just want to look and see what's in there, see if any of it's yours. Um, please check the lost and found and gather your lost belongings. Um, lastly, today, after the service, immediately after the worship service, we will have a reception in honor of Mary Lou Bricker, who will be moving to Atlanta soon. Yes. Today is her last Sunday. Um, please join us for refreshments and take a moment to write her a note on the stationery provided. So she can take those with her. All right. These are your announcements. Govern yourselves accordingly. <laughs>
dive in. Um, you may be a, a task-oriented person. Sometimes I'm a very task-oriented person. Okay, let's dive in and do the thing. And sometimes you just need to pause. Um, so in this space, I believe in the pause, especially at this point in our service. So let's just take a few moments to pause and uh, be still and know that he is God. these words from Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise.
Our call to worship this morning is from Psalm 134, verse 1 through 135, verse 2. Please join with me where it notes people. Come, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, you who made heaven and earth. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Give praise, O servants of the Lord, who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing to his name, for it is pleasant. Amen. Amen.
let's do that again. In his arms, I feel protected. because we can say that the best thing we've ever done but that wouldn't have happened if he hadn't called us so we can praise his holy name for calling us into his marvelous light amen amen you may be seated
morning, church. How are you guys today? Good morning. It is so wonderful to see you guys here. Usually I'm sitting in the back, so I only get to see the back of everybody's head. So <laughs> it's nice to see you guys smiling faces. Just want to say that I was so excited about getting up here that I came up two songs early. Either that or I need to learn how to read a program, one of the, one of the two. Well, I just want to say, first of all, that uh, it's good to be here. And I just remember I actually grew up in church, and I didn't, I didn't really know Jesus, so I didn't love him like I actually do today. And when I, when I met Jesus, uh, I really didn't know what to expect. But as he started to change my life, then I started to truly fall in love with Jesus. So that song is very appropriate, and it actually uh, just fills my heart to know that continuously, on and on, every day, as he opens my eyes to things, that I can continue to fall in love with him. So I just want to uh, give a, a praise, and we can uh, all pray together uh, as we pray for praise for uh, the love that Jesus has given us. Dear Heavenly Father, just want to thank you for, first of all, just loving us and making the sacrifices that you did, that you have <coughs> just brought us for to salvation so that we can have an impact uh, in other people's lives as you continue to change, change ours. We just want to thank you for all that you do and just we ask that you just continue to develop us and help us to be uh, better uh, so we can continue to impact your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, um, as we were actually reflect throughout the past week and month and whatever the case is, we uh, know that there are some things that we probably regret, you know, some some sins that we have that we haven't uh, truly confessed to God or uh, to others or the ones that, that actually need to hear it. So I want, we're going to actually have a silent confession, which means that you don't confess your sins to me because I'm not the priest, <laughs> but you'll go ahead and uh, silently confess them to yourself. So we'll uh, take a little moment out to go ahead and uh, silently confess our sins. So if you don't mind bowing your heads and I'll just uh, let you know where we are when that time is over. Thank you. We're going to go ahead and we're going to have our assurance of pardon. Uh, but before we go into that, I just want to say uh, when I first read the assurance of pardon, and, uh, what came to my mind is what is assurance? Assurance is a guarantee. And what is a pardon? A pardon is when we are released from a debt. And that is the legal 
meaning for pardon. So when we think of what Christ did for us, he released us, his power released us from the penalty of our sins, which is death, the wrath of God. So just keep that in mind as we uh, go ahead and read uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now may God of peace, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless as the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's think about that again. May we, may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless. That is standing in front of God, the ultimate judge. We are blameless in his eyes because of his son. All right. So this, uh, that is our assurance of prayer. Now we're going to go ahead and we're going to read our scripture. And that actually comes from 2 Peter 1, 5 through 15. And I will be reading from the ESV. So if it doesn't follow along with some of you guys, King James, <laughs> then you'll know it's just a little different. <laughs> All right. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with the steadfastness and steadfastness with gloriness, <coughs> with, well, I'm sorry, with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he has, has, was cleansed from, the, from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly divided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend, I excuse me. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have I think it right as long as I am in the body to stir you up by way of reminder since I know that putting off of my body will soon <coughs> will soon as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me and I will make every effort so that every <coughs> so after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. This is the word of God. And I'm sorry I didn't have you guys stand. I'll make sure I do that next time. <laughs> well, good morning, CBC Saints. It's good to be back with y'all. Had a good trip to Char Charleston, South Carolina last week. Had a church there so but it is good to be home back at PVC we're not going to have a time of prayer or supplication this is a time for us to bring 
uh, any of our needs that we have for ourselves or needs that we know of other people to, to the Lord in prayer. So uh, please pray with and, and for me. Father God, I do want to uh, send a special prayer to my friend Byron Johnson, Lord, and his family, his wife Kim. They said they lost their daughter this week. Um, she was in a bad wreck, and she went home to be with Jesus. And so I pray for them as they grieve. Uh, I pray that uh, they would grieve well. I pray that you would comfort them. There's nothing that no one can say to take away the pain of losing a child. And so I just pray for the, uh, the Johnson family, Lord, that you'll be with them, comfort them, and also protect them from the good intentions of other people. Because sometimes we, we say too much when people are grieving. And so watch over them as they have the service tomorrow. And I just pray, Lord, that you will remind them of your goodness to them. Well, I pray for those in our congregation who will be traveling this week, that you give them safe travels to their destinations and bring them back home safely to Huntsville pray for our friend, sister, church mother, Mary Lou, as she prepares to transition to Atlanta. I pray uh, for that. I pray blessings over her, blessings over the time she's going to have with her daughter and her family. And Lord, I also pray for Mark Summers, uh, Mr. Trisha's husband, as he continues to recover, Lord, from um, his sickness. I pray he'll be able to come home soon. And I do pray blessings over him and his family. And Lord, I pray for needs that are known and unknown. And I don't know everyone's struggles, everyone needs in our congregation, but I do know we all have something that we're dealing with. Either relational issues, body pain, sickness, financial issues. We, we, we're dealing with something. And so I, as pastor, will I bring these needs of the congregation, even my own needs, before the throne of grace and ask for help because we need it desperately. Every day we need your new morning mercy, and I pray for that. I pray for the session meeting today that you give the elders and the women shepherds wisdom as we go through our agenda today. I pray for the beginning of a Sunday equipping classes that's going to start in a few weeks, that uh, you would bless the leaders uh, and everyone who will be teaching, Lord. I pray for the women's ministry and the women's ministry leadership team and their craft day that's coming up, that you would bless it the women will come and feel loved and feel connected, Lord. I pray for the leadership training that's coming up, that, that you will raise up elders and deacons and more women shepherds and more deacon assistants, Lord, that you will raise these leaders up, Father. You know what's needed here. And I pray that you will provide. I pray, Lord, that you will work in our congregation a heart of evangelism, Lord, that we can't be looking for, to grow just from transfer growth. Believers leaving other churches coming here. We, I, we want to see new conversions. I want to use this baptism some more, of baptizing some adults. And so, Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit will help us be intentional when it comes to sharing the gospel in our neighborhoods and in our community, loving our neighbors well. I pray for all the campus ministries in our congregation that are represented here in CVC that, that you would bless these leaders. Give them wisdom as, as they love the college students at A&M and UAH, Lord, that these college students, Lord, will come to saving faith and begin to grow in their faith and be connected to a local church here in Huntsville. And so, Lord, thank you so much for what you're doing, and I pray that you provide. And thank you 
that even though I may have forgotten things, you haven't. You haven't. So you see and know what we need, and you always give us what we need in your timing. And it's in Christ's name I pray. What really matters in 2023? That's the question I asked y'all, uh, you know, a few weeks ago on uh, January the 1st. You see, there's two answers to that question. The first answer is found in Second Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, which I've already preached. And so if you haven't listened to that sermon, then you need to listen to that sermon in order for this sermon to, to really make sense. Because these sermons are connected. So, does anyone remember that sermon? You do? Okay, good. That is great. I would expect y'all to say no. Okay. Does anyone remember the first answer to the question of what really matters in 2023? Gospel memory really matters in 2023. Gospel memory really matters in 2023. So if you're a note taker, you need to write that down. And so you may ask, well, well, Pastor Alex, what is gospel memory? Gospel memory is you explicitly remembering what God has done for you. That's what it means. It's remembering what God's divine power has granted us. It's remembering that he grants us all things that pertains to eternal life and, and a godly life through Jesus Christ. It's remembering through saving faith in Jesus Christ, we have very precious, we have his precious and very great promise. That's gospel memory. And if you don't remember any of that, then you're going to really have a struggle. You're going to struggle with this sermon here. So you need to have gospel memory. So now this morning I'm going to uh, provide the second answer to this question of what really matters in 2023. And that, that is in the our text, Second Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 15. But I'm only going to go through verses 11. So verses 5 through 11. And the big main point of this message is the same from the first sermon. Doing what really matters will help our 2023 be effective and fruitful for Jesus Christ. Doing what really matters most will help our 2023 be effective and fruitful for Jesus Christ. That means you will never, ever need a New Year's resolution if you understand these two sermons. That's a joke. Come on now. But do y'all believe it? Again, please pray with and for me. Holy Spirit, as I pray each week, as I will continue to pray, you are the only reason why we can understand Scripture. It doesn't matter how many degrees we have. It doesn't matter how many, how many vowel verses we memorize or how many books we read on Christian living or how many Bible studies we go to. If you don't move, our hearts are not changed point blank. We need you. There's a reason why Jesus said if I don't go, the helper can't come. There's a reason why 
He said, I will not leave you alone. I will ask the Father to send you another helper. Because he knows that, that even those who have been regenerated and have seven faiths cannot live the Christian life in their own power and strength. Because if we did, we'd be self-righteous. And so, Holy Spirit, forgive us, first of all, for not acknowledging your presence. Forgive us for thinking if we just prepare harder and do more stuff, then we have all we need to live and flourish as Christians. So forgive us for trusting more in, in our time and our talents and our treasures and our connections and our budgets and our buildings and, and all the other things that we trust in and not giving you your due credit. And forgive me for thinking if I just spend 20 hours a week in sermon prep, then the sermon would be great. Forgive us that we come in here each week and some of us really don't want to have a true encounter with God. We just want to check a box. Forgive us for thinking if we just have the right songs and if we just have the right liturgy and if we just have the right confessions, then that equals worship. We don't worship if you don't move. We are to worship in spirit and in truth. And if you don't move, Holy Spirit, and none of this matters. You are part of the Godhead. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Not Father, Son, Village Church. It's you. The deposit that guarantees our inheritance. Our counselor. The one who leads us into all truth. And I pray and I beg and I ask that, that you help us not to clench your presence in our souls and our hearts. Help us to be sensitive to your leading. Help us to be sensitive to your voice. And I pray that at this moment, as we prepare for the preaching of the word, that you would take control of our minds and our hearts and, and our emotions, and that you will open them up so the word can fall on fertile soil. You have to do it, Spirit. And I pray for this in Christ's name. Amen. I think I should just be done. I had me preaching in, my, in, the, in the prayer. So I think we can just quit and patience and close us out. In a uh, devotional I read this week from the Moody Bible Institute, it shares a story from uh, Booker T. Washington's uh, autobiography, Up From Slavery. Uh, and if you haven't read that, I recommend you read it. And please listen carefully to this story it, it shares from his life. It says, famed educator Booker T. Washington recalled the entrance exam that earned him a place at Hampton Institute in Virginia as a young man. The head teacher ordered Washington to take a broom and to sweep the classroom. Because he knew this was his chance, he swept the room three times, dusted the furniture four times. When the teacher returned, she inspected the floor closely and ran her handkerchief over the woodwork. Unable to find a speck of dust anywhere, she said, I guess you do well to enter this institution. Washington later said that this was a turning point of his life. He also says, I was one of the happiest souls on earth. The sweeping of that room was my college examination. 
and never did any youth pass an examination for entrance into Harvard or Yale that gave him more genuine satisfaction. I have passed several examinations since then, but have always felt that this was the best one I ever passed. What lesson can be learned from Mr. Washington's entrance exam into Hampton? What do y'all think? What lesson can be learned there, kiddos? Diligence. The lesson is diligence. Diligence means careful and persistent work and effort. Booker T. Washington cleaned that classroom at Hampton carefully and persistently. He was diligent. In Proverbs 27, Proverbs 12, 27 says, and lazy, lazy people do not roast their prey, their prey, but the precious possession of a person is diligence. Diligence. The second answer to the question, what really matters in 2023 is this, gospel diligence. Please write it down. Gospel diligence really matters in 2023. It, along with gospel memory, will help your 2023 be effective and fruitful for Jesus Christ. So now, what is gospel diligence? Listen carefully. Gospel diligence is the application of gospel memory. Write that down. Gospel diligence is the application of gospel memory. That's what the first phrase of verse 5 communicates. Look with me. Peter says, for this very reason, he's connecting verses 5 through 7 with verses 3 and 4 with that statement. Gospel memory is in verses 3 and 4. Gospel diligence is in verses 5 through 7. Look at verse 5 again. For this reason, make every effort. The Greek word that's translated effort means haste. Eagerness, diligence. The message Bible says, do not lose a minute in building on what you have been given. What have we been given? We've been given gospel memory. J.B. Phillips, New Testament says, for this very reason, you must do your utmost from your side. The New English, the New American Standard Bible says, for this very reason also, apply all diligence. You see, to make every effort is to apply all diligence. Peter is saying, for this very reason, apply all diligence in supplementing your faith. Look at verse 5 again. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. That term that's translated supplement is an imperative. Peter, he commands us to supplement our faith. He commands us to bring alongside of our faith. But let me make one thing clear. The apostle isn't talking about adding to your salvation. He's not talking about adding to your justification. He's not advocating for a works-based salvation. But, but he is saying something. And he's saying the same thing that, that the apostle Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Continue to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But it's the Lord who works in you. You see, gospel memory precedes gospel diligence. 
It's gospel memory leads to gospel diligence. It's the motivation for gospel diligence. Gospel memory is God's effectual call, and gospel diligence is our response to that call. Gospel memory is what you believe. Gospel diligence is you living out what you believe. Gospel memory is confessional. Gospel diligence is practical and functional. Gospel memory is orthodoxy. Gospel diligence is also practical. But do you believe it? But do you believe it? In Galatians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no, no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So what really matters in 2023, gospel memory matters in 2023. We have been crucified with Christ through saving faith. Gospel diligence really matters in 2023. The life we now live in the flesh, we live by faith in Christ. So do you want your 2023 to be effective and fruitful? Am I the only one? Like, do, okay, okay, let's start over. I'm just going to start the whole sermon over for that. Do you want your 2023 to be effective and fruitful? If the answer is yes, then you've got to have gospel memory and gospel diligence. And the only way you get them is through Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the only one who has done what really matters when it comes to our sin problem. That's a big amen. I shouldn't, that, that, at this point, y'all should know what I, when, when I give y'all an amen statement. Because Jesus is the only one who has already done what really matters when it comes to our sin problem. He lived a life we can't live, and he died a death that's meant for us all. His life, his death, his resurrection makes it possible for you to be forgiven for all your sins. Because here's the thing, you either going to get fruitfulness and effectiveness from Christ, or you're going to live the rest of your life filling your hands with sand trying to get that. Hear this, kids and teens. You either going to build your life on a firm foundation or you're going to build it on sinking sand. Now, I want you to be all you can be. I want you to have that good job. But if those become your saviors, you're going to be miserable. Plato Jesuses are not real saviors. Past, present, future sins can be forgiven through the finished work of Christ. And the finished work of Christ makes it possible for us to be reconciled to God. That is, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when, when I found out my friend lost his daughter, it, it, when someone close as you, close, you know loses someone, when someone close as you passes, you, you, you wrestle with your own mortality because none of us are living forever. You can be healthy as can be, but eventually the Creator calls us. And while we still have breath, this is God saying, there's still time for you to come. Will you come? Will you come? All you have to do is confess your sins. 
acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Savior and submit and surrender to him as Redeemer and King. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. That's that's it. It's not rocket science. It's just you giving your life to him. Surrendering it to him. And TVC kids, when you grow up, I know I'm preaching to y'all a lot because I want y'all to get this. You may complain about this church one day, but you'll never be able to say the gospel was not preached. You cannot lie on Pastor Alice about that. Because I told you. I told you. The only way you're going to get true peace is through faith in Christ. And some of you, it's going to take you learning the hard way because you're hard-headed. So when you come to faith in Christ, every word in verses 3 and 4 will be true of you. Let's read those verses again. It says, God's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to eternal life and a godly life. Through knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. That's gospel memory. And that memory should motivate you to gospel diligence. It leads us to be diligent. It leads us to bring alongside of what God has done seven characteristics of a godly life. Look at verse 5 again. Look at verses 5 through 7. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and with, virt- and, virt- and with virtue, knowledge, and with knowledge, self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. We're to make every effort to supplement our faith with these seven qualities. We're to be diligent in doing so, to be careful and persistent like Booker T. Washington was when he cleaned that classroom. The root verb for the Greek term that's translated supplement gives us our English word choreography. Do you know what choreography means? It's a sequence of steps and movements in a dance especially in ballet or a dance, uh, dance group or a stage dance. I want each of you to listen carefully to this quote that I found this week as I was preparing my sermon. It says, Upon what stage is the choreography of your life now visible? Picture your spiritual life like a heavenly choreographed production. God has written the music and words, the movements of the production, even before the foundation of the world. As followers of Christ, however, we must diligently seek to fulfill the part he prepared for each of us to carry out in this grand choreography called the Christian life so that the author of the play receives great honor and glory. Gospel diligence is the choreography God has given to us and created for us it's our part. The seven qualities here, these are the dance moves. These are the movements in a gospel diligence dance. First, there's virtue. 
It means moral excellence, ethical living, humility, good character, trustworthiness, integrity. It looks like honesty and telling the truth even when you don't want to. It's letting your no be no and your yes be yes. Second, there's knowledge. And this is wisdom, discernment, and it's even common sense. It's the application of God's word in our life. It looks like making wise choices and learning from our foolish choices, and we all make them. It looks like self-awareness of our blind spots. You have knowledge of your blind spots? That's part of knowledge, self-awareness. Third, there's self-control. This is restraint and self-discipline. It looks like enjoying life in moderation without overindulgence. It looks like applying appropriate boundaries around food and entertainment and technology. Like your smartphone, your video games, your tablets. It looks like setting up appropriate boundaries in relationships. Self-control can, can even look like emotional IQ. It can also look like seeking help for addictions and mental health problems. And for some of us, self-control looks like not ever trusting yourself when it comes to the Internet. That's what it can look like. Fourth, there is steadfastness. It means patience, resilience, perseverance. It looks like patience in trials and hardships. It looks like long-suffering and loving difficult people. Do you have difficult people in your life? We all do. It looks like also... Steadfastness looks like being kind to yourself when you fail and make mistakes. Are you kind to yourself? Or do you beat yourself up? Fifth, there's godliness. And this is reverence and and worship. It, It looks like a daily acknowledgement of God's presence in the everyday mundane of your life. When you're doing the mundane thing in your life, do you believe God is there with you? I mean, it could be the smallest thing. He's in that with you. In your homework, kids, in your chores, cleaning up the basement, the garage, the yard work, going to the grocery store, doing your laundry, family game night. Well, it doesn't matter what it is. We, we, we sometimes look for God in the, in the spectacular. You need to start looking for him in the mundane. Because most of our life is lived in the mundane. Our life is not lived in a constant Christian camp. That's not the Christian life. That's not real. That's not real. The mundane is real. Do you see him in the mundane of your life? That's godliness. It looks like spending time in prayer and, and reading the word. It, no, God, this looks like knowing Jesus in faith and, and enjoying him in an intimate relationship and glorifying him with our lifestyle. Y'all know where I pulled that from? Oh, my goodness. It's part of our vision, people. Know Jesus, glorify Jesus. Come on. Oh, y'all are a hard crowd. Man, I got work to do. Next, there's brotherly affection. This is the affection among Christian siblings who are in community together in a local church. And for us, it looks like us loving one another well here at TVC. It looks like 
practically it looks like us keeping short accounts with one another. Because at some point, the honeymoon phase here wears off. And it, when it wears off, it wears off quick. And when it happens, are we going to keep short accounts? It looks like us giving one another the benefit of the doubt. It looks like, it looks like us not assuming the worst about one another and our motives and our intentions. It looks like us working through conflict with, with a spirit of grace and, 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 and humility and mercy. It looks like us extending forgiveness. It looks like us loving one another with our actions, not just with our words. It, it looks like us building genuine cross-cultural relationships with one another. That's what it looks like to us. It looks like us putting the needs of others before ourselves. That sisterly and brotherly affection should be on display within our bodies. And that's part of gospel diligence. It's the communion of saints. It's in reach. And lastly, there is love. And this is outreach. This is, this is the love you have for people outside of the local church. And here's, and here's the thing. It's not just saying, I just love people generally. It's actually loving particular people who are also creating the image of God just like you. And these particular people will be different from you. They will live a different lifestyle than you. They will probably vote differently than you. Their family may look differently than you. They probably will enjoy things that you cannot, you just don't enjoy. But the Bible says, if you have an understanding of gospel memory and it's motivating you, then you will extend the love that you have received from Jesus to the people in this church and to your neighbors in your community. That's part of gospel diligence. So love, brotherly affection, godliness, steadfastness, self-control, knowledge, and virtue are all some of the moves of the gospel's diligence dance. And according to Peter, we're to learn these seven moves. We're to put them into action by doing the gospel diligence dance. And we're to be growing in our ability to perform the dance well and faithfully. Look at verse 8. Peter says, For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he also says, for whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he's blind and having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Do y'all see what Peter just did? He just did a thing. Do you see what he just did? He is saying, if you lack these seven qualities, then you have no gospel memory. You've forgotten that you've been cleansed from your former sins. That's what he's saying. If we, if we refuse to do the gospel diligence dance, then that shows we have forgotten everything in verses 3 and 4. Because remember, gospel memory is the motivation for gospel diligence. All of our godly living is just a response to what Jesus has already done. And I said this years before. We are walking in the footsteps that Jesus has already made. You don't create your own footsteps in the same way. 
You're just walking in the ones Jesus already did. He's already created the footsteps. He, he's already done everything he's called you to do. Does Jesus have, did, does Jesus have virtue? Does Jesus have self-control? Was Je, does Jesus have godliness? Does Jesus love his enemies? Did he love his, his own? Did he, did he, was he steadfast? You bet he was steadfast. He had a traitor in his own camp. And he knew he was a traitor. And he washed his feet anyway. You sure you want to be like Jesus? No, we, we don't really want that heat. We don't. So are y'all ready to dance? And it doesn't matter if you have two left feet. Because you're not dancing alone in this grand choreography. There's a choreographer. And the Bible calls him the Holy Spirit. You thought you were going to leave here thinking you were doing it by yourself, didn't you? He's the one who enables and empowers us to do the gospel diligence dance. He's the one who makes it possible for us to even have these seven qualities. You think you look at these seven qualities, you're going to put down your time, your your, your notes. All right, I need to be, I need to have self-control, steadfastness. So how are you going to do that? Tell me, if if you are a doer, and you like working hard, how are you going to make yourself be more steadfast than your suffering? Like, what are you going to do? How are you going to do it? If you figure it out, please tell me, and I can set at your feet. So Peter is saying, you don't do those things apart from the Spirit. He is the one who increases these in our life. He is the one who makes it possible for us to have these things. Because some of these qualities are all connected to the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, but do you believe it, that you need the grand choreographer to teach you this dance? Zechariah 4, 6 says, that he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And for Christians in America, it could be not by government. Not by politics, not by Bible studies, not by Christian conferences, not through big churches, not through all of our resources, but by the Holy Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Says the Lord of hosts. Matthew 20, in Matthew 26, verse 40, 26, verse 41, Jesus says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. In John 6, 23, John 6. Verse 63, Jesus says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. Because of the spirit's role and presence in our life, verses 10 and 11 are true for us who have saving faith in Jesus. Look at these verses with me. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. If you practice these qualities, you would never fail. In other words, you would be fruitful and effective. For in this way, there will be a richly provided for you an entrance into the kingdom of, into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So what really matters in 2023? Congregation participation time. What are the two things that really matter? 
And what else? That's it. And if you don't be gospel, if you're not doing gospel diligence, you have forgotten that you've been have been cleansed from your former sins. They go together. It's both and. The table before us, if I can get your attention, is a reminder that our entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was made possible because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. That is the only reason why we get in. And if you are a believer and if you do have saving faith in Christ, Jesus welcomes you to partake of this meal. And please know that when we do this meal, I believe something supernatural happens. Because I believe that our faith is highly supernatural. And that the Spirit uses this supper to provide spiritual nourishment for God's people. So this is a time for you to ask the Holy Spirit to, to, to use this meal to give you nourishment in the areas of your life that need to be nourished. Because none of us have it all together. Some of We all have doubts. We all have insecurities. We all have fears. We all have broken places. We all have concerns. And this, you can ask the Spirit, use this Lord's Supper to minister to these areas of my life where I'm weak, where I still need resurrection. Friends and family, if you do not profess faith in Christ, I consider it an honor that you're here. And if you have questions about what it means to be a believer, you can see me after the service, one of our elders and one of our women shepherds, and we'll gladly sit down and talk with you about what it means to have faith in Christ. Adults, we ask that the kids with you abstain from the elements until they have been invited to the church in which you are a member of. Now, TVC kids and youth, please give Pastor Alex your attention. This is probably my favorite part of communion. This meal is a reminder that Jesus loves you. That's what it reminds you of. It's a reminder that, that he lived a life that you can't live. And he died a death that's meant for you so that you can be made right with God, so that you can have a relationship with Jesus. As the song we sang earlier, Falling in Love with Jesus, Jesus makes it possible so you can do that. That you don't have to die and go to heaven to love Jesus. Through faith, you can love him now. You can enjoy him now. And so as your pastor, it's my prayer that one day each of you will come to saving faith in Christ and be able to partake of this meal with your church family here at TVC. Before the elders come forward, let us pray for the Holy Spirit to bless this meal. your presence in us, you will take these elements 
and give us the spiritual nourishment that we need. And I pray for this in Christ's name. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ, on a night in which he was betrayed, he, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We also have prepackaged elements, so if you want a prepackaged element, just raise your hand as the elders come around. Beloved sons and daughters of a good father, this is Christ's body broken for all of you. Do whatever please. Now in the same manner, Jesus also took the cup. And having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. 
drink from it, all of you. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for loving us. And thank you even right now, you still make intercession on our behalf. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Saints, will you please stand as we close our service.
Father God, thank you so much for allowing, blessing us with Mary Lou's presence, her friendship, her wisdom, her leadership. Thank you so much for the ways you've used her to be a blessing and definitely in the lives of our kids and the lives of many of the adults as well. I pray that as she transitions to Atlanta with her, her daughter and her family, that this will be a great transition, a great move for her and reconnecting with her grandkids and her daughter and son-in-law. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage her. I pray that you protect her from the voice of the enemy, mm-hmm. any discouragement. Help her to know that she's all, she's a, she always has a home here. Amen. And that, that just because she's in Atlanta doesn't mean she, she's not that far away. And so just watch over her. I pray for all the logistics, the traveling, the packing, and everything that goes into moving and relocating. I just pray blessings over her, and I pray for all of this. In Christ's wonderful name. Amen. So we're going to have a good reception out in the foyer for Mary Lou, so please stick around, everyone. <laughs> 